Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, okay, so he hosts the show on Wednesdays at Better Days in the Lower East Side. It's such a fun show. you got to see it. And he hosts the podcast, Hope of the Hood. Give it up for Petey Diabro. All right, man. Yo, welcome back to the Hope of the Hood. Glad to be back. I'm happy. Uh, the kombucha's flowing in the studio. You know my boy Jose is here. Um, you're looking bright, my brother. And it's not just the orange shirt. You just got that glow. You got eight hours. Did you get paid too? I feel like you got a money bag situation. Hold on, hold on. Talking to the mic. Talking to the mic. I made in a single day what I used to make like in an entire month when I was 24. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's 25. So look at him one year just making them moves, man. Proud of you, brother. I had a pretty interesting week. Uh, before before we do that, before we get into my week, I want to shout out ACAST, shout out uh, Spot. Ooh, I like that. Can we get title? I need to talk to Jay-Z. <laughs> Tell Jay-Z to call me, man. Yo, ho, it's your boy. Um, so we're going to be on Spotify soon, but you can find us on Apple Podcast and ACAST.com forward slash Hope of the Hood. Check us out every Wednesday. You know what it is, 302 Broom Street, Better Days, uh, will be back in the building. By the time this comes out, actually, July 7th, you can catch me and uh, my, my my tag teammate, Christy Cello, at Union, Union Hall, 10 p.m. for White Chocolate. Um, Monday, actually, the day that this comes out, uh, you can catch us tonight at uh, Diviera Drive in Brooklyn. We got a show there. It starts around 8 o'clock. Check this out. Uh, it feels good to be back, man. Shout out to you guys, everybody that hit me up. It was like, yo, glad that you're back. People that were wondering, people was asking me, they thought I quit. I was like, I never quit, man. Um, this week was pretty good. It was it was ups and downs, a lot of ups, and then the like the little bits of downs are like hard as shit. You ever have like some good ass ups, and then the downs are like hard. Like so, Wednesday was better days. It was popping. It was sold out. People were sitting on the stage. My man Gary Goldman came through, destroyed. Uh, shout out to all the comics on the show that did that thing. That Thursday night, um, I met up with my 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 girl. We went out. We went back to better days actually. Just to fucking have a drink. I needed a drink. I needed to decompress. So I'm like, and I and my budget was tight. So I was like, let me go where they know me. You know, you go where they know you. I was like, hold up. I know everybody. And the GM is my man. So we go in there. Um, it's lit. Then they have a there's a break dancing type of break dance crew downstairs at 10:30. So we go down there. It's lit. It's lit. Like 
people dancing. I'm feeling mad good. We're dancing. I'm dancing. You never, you never even knew your boy had a two step. What? Two step is vicious. Then, then um Friday comes. Boom, I'm chilling. But then I'm like, yo, I realized later in the day, I'm like, yo, I don't got no spots. Started eating at me a little bit. I'm like, yo, it's Friday night. You got to understand, if you do stand-up in New York City, or anywhere for that matter, Friday night is like the equivalent of like whatever, Monday night football, March Madness, uh, the NBA final, like I don't even know. Whatever the big day in sports is, that's Friday, Saturday night. So I'm sitting there like... I'm stressing out. Yo, I'm stressing out. I'm like, yo, what? what, what? I'm like, I'm sitting, really sitting there like questioning myself. Like, I got to rethink. I got to rework. I'm doing something wrong where I'm not. And then everybody's hitting me up. They like, because I posted, I was like, yo, man, anybody got a spot? Then I was getting salty as the day went by. I was like, yo, I was just getting tight. So my friends was hitting me up like, yo, you all right? I'm like, yeah, because I ain't got a spot. And they like, nah, yo, you, you, you're doing good. And you doing, I'm like, I appreciate that. But you got to understand, like, I'm an addict. I'm addicted to the stage. So it's like. You can be like somebody's doing good, but like if they didn't get that fix, you can't really tell them how they do it. Like you could be like, yo, you're going to get a fix tomorrow. You know, you had a good fix, but like I needed that fix in that moment. I didn't have nothing to do. I was just kind of like, what am I going to do now? My girl was busy all weekend. So it's like, oh man, I don't even like, what am I, what am I going to do with my, so I find myself on a bench with my, <laughs> like two cups of coffee, just smoking mad cigarettes re-questioning my life like what am I doing man what am I doing had a little adult uh, a little adult beverage and then had some adult tobacco then I felt a little better about things so then the next day comes Saturday feeling a little better I get to uh, I'm hosting a show at the Triad Theater for the Inspired Word shout out to them so I'm sitting in some Upper West Side and I get there a little early so I'm sitting on the bench and I'm like man <sighs> Yo, I swear to God, I got there like an hour early and I just sat there for like an hour and I'm sitting on the bench like, man, I could really use some good, like a good word. I don't even care if it's like, yo, you want to do my show next week? I didn't, I didn't even know what it was. I was just like, I needed something, yo. And then, so I'm sitting there and then boom, I look at my phone, I get an email. Shit's crazy, yo. I look at my phone, get an email. I'm not going to say right now where it's from, but I'm just going to say it's like... It's like an audition that every stand-up comedian, I'm going to say, like, in the world. I'm going to go, I'm, gonna go, I'm not going to say every com comedian in the world because the world is huge and there's a lot of comedians. But every comedian that I know, for the most part, that's, like, at least not, I'm not going to say the guys that are, like, 10, 15 years in. So I got an email from this place. They're like, yo, Friday, does that work? And I'm like, What? I was like, you know, I had to sit there, bro. I swear to God, I had like a, a tear, a tear just like formulated in the little, in the inside crevice of the eye and a little crevasse. And I felt it and I was like, damn, yo, I'm looking over. And then it was so funny how that one fucking message turned everything around, yo. And then I had two papaya dogs after that. Those are the best tasting papaya dogs. When you get good news, the food tastes better. Like the papaya dogs. I was like, oh, is this gourmet? Like, what'd you guys change up the recipes for the Frankfurters? The shit was amazing, bro. And then yesterday I just chilled, man. Chilled all day, but like I just been thinking about this thing. So I'll let you guys know next Monday the details of how everything went. 
and um, thank you guys for uh, thank you guys for hanging in there with me, man. And and if you if you can just yo send some blessings my way, man. You know what I'm saying? Think about your boy. You know, hope it up because you know it's not just me. I got the whole Bronx on my back, so sometimes that shit gets strenuous. I don't know how much a borough weighs. You know what I'm saying? But I'm pretty sure it's more than my weight times a gazillion. You know what I'm saying? That's every man, woman, and child, baby, baby whose mother got a tongue ring. So that's an extra 0.2 pounds, right? The point zero 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 two pounds right there. So the tongue rings give it extra weight. So they all on my back. You know what I'm saying? So I need all I need. I need energy for you guys. I need to have that power. I need the... The, the, the untangible love, you know what I'm saying? The shit that you can't even quantify. The lay like, yo, how PD moving so heavy? Cause the Bronx, love, love. Also, um, some fucked up shit's been going on in the Bronx recently. <laughs> uh, it's not a laughing matter, really. And uh, and it just kind of, eh. everybody listening, if you're in the Bronx, uh, hold your head, you know, keep up the faith, stay positive. And if you're not in the Bronx, yo, send some prayers to the Bronx, man. We need it. You know, send some prayers for those kids in cages, man. I don't even know. I, you know, I don't really look at the news. So how I get all of my news is on my timeline. So that's my, I don't watch the news. I watch my timeline. So I woke up one day, there was kids in a, in a, in a, in a cage, son. I was like, yo, how they got little babies in the cages, kid? Then it took me back to my life. Like when I was in the cage, when I was a little kid in the cage, you know what I'm saying? Nobody took a picture of me. Nobody, nobody prayed for me except for my mother. So it made me feel some kind of way, though. But then I could sympathize. I could empathize with the little babies. Like, you know, hold your head, babies. Yo, if anybody got a, the uh, radio in there, iTunes, and you listening to this, any of y'all little babies, hold your head, man. Your boy got you, man. When you get out, you know, holla at me, man. Email me, Hope of the Hood. Just hit the DM. Slide in the DM. I got you. So now we have a very special guest in the studio this week. One of my dear friends, I've known this guy since the beginning of my journey in comedy. Um, a great, great guy, man. Funny guy and um, good soul, good spirit. So, yeah, I've known this guy for about six years now. I'm happy that he's here. Yo, make some noise. Well, you can't make some noise or just make some noise on the train or wherever you at. For my man, Alex English, everybody. Hi, Petey. How you First doing? First of all, prayers up for Petey. Um, I'm going to start that hashtag soon. Prayers up. For man. your audition. Good luck. Cheers. Cheers to the audition. You're going to get it. And if you don't get it, they're going to give it to another light skin. Yeah, if I don't get it, it's because he <laughs> toasted us with kombucha. That's like he can't he did throw off the, uh, the, the rule of third. Yeah, we got so two beers. Yeah. He coming with the, the bad kombucha. Oh, <laughs> no, good luck, Petey. And also, as a disclaimer, I was not laughing at the children in cages. I just was laughing at your uh, the way you swerved into the topic. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? It was like a smooth, like... Hard left turn into like that. Was that a laughing matter? But then you also just, told the kids to slide in your DMs, so in I no DM. longer feel bad about laughing. I'm at just the saying they could hit me up, yo, Petey, yo, we out. We heard your shit. We was locked up, and we said the sun's... kids in cages. Pray for Petey's audition on Friday. Yeah, because this is for, the better I do in that audition, the better for y'all, man. Because uh-huh, then I'm gonna start yeah. getting paid. Representation matters. That's what I'm saying. You gotta represent. There's there needs to be more representation of people that were raised in cages. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why we here. We here to kick the truth to the young caged youth, man. Yes, absolutely. But no, it's good to be here. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. I'm invigorated. That's the word I chose to use today. I got a lot of energy following Pride. Pride weekend was this weekend, and I got a chance to like hang out and spread a little love and wear a crop top in the middle of 
uh, the West Village. Mm. <laughs> did you post any pictures? I did. I posted one photo. Uh, I feel like it was a very brave thing for me to do, wear a crop top, because it's not something I would ever usually do. Mm. Um, and I'm sure some gay men are, like, in the streets kind of, like, you know, looking at me. I'm, I'm celebrating myself doing it, and they're like, bitch, I do this every day. Like, mm. what are you talking about? <laughs> but, you know, it was it was good for me because, you know, um. I'm trying to think about like what pride represents and mm-hmm. you're supposed to be proud of who you are, no matter who you are, or what you are, or how you identify and all that stuff. So I'm trying to make it okay for skinny motherfuckers like me to show off the absolutely nothing that's going on in the mid area, mid section of their body. <laughs> you know you got them biscuits. There's nothing going on down here, Petey. <laughs> I have a fucking gym membership that I've only used once and that was when I got it. <laughs> was this your first Pride Parade that you ever attended? No, actually, ever since I've been living here, I will go to the Pride Parade and, like, be— This is my first time participating in it. This was the first time— How did that feel? It was It was an honor. I, I, I had no idea anyone that worked in New York Pride, New York City Pride, even—I was even on their radar, you know? So when I got the email, it was kind of, like, shocking because I'm like— how did y'all find me? But you know, I didn't question any of that. You know, I'm not paranoid. Like, yeah. what is this? Is this, is this a setup? Like, <laughs> a gay setup? Right. <laughs> no, but the guy emailed me, and I was like, sure. And then, you know, a lot of times, I think I, I kind of hate. I kind of hate the uh, the culture of letting people know they won't get paid. Like, mm. it's not to me. I'm not gonna say no to working the pride parade because, and I'm sure that they're just doing it as protocol to let you know you're here as a volunteer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To give your time if you want to be, you know, I'm not gonna be like, you know, I need this, 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 and it's the pride parade, right. you know. So this was my first time going as a as someone like a part of the actual parade. I got a chance to announce the floats. Oh wow! That's as big. they came down the street, um, on the corner, and we got a chance to judge them, like judge our favorite floats. Would you have like um like those scorecards? No, actually, the, so they had like that would be funny though if they gave me. So, but the, f- the funny part about it is, is like. It was kind of all over the place. Like they give you a binder that has in order all of the floats, and so they do um, in four hour in four hour shifts. So we were there for from I was there from literally noon at the beginning of the of the parade to the middle of it, which was basically like four o'clock. Um, and then they brought in another group of uh, comedians, drag queens, gay public figures, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was me, Samantha Ruddy, um, this guy named Ron Ben Israel. He's a baker. He's really popular on Instagram, so, you know, they had us doing it. And then the next block was uh, this drag queen, very nice guy, Marty Gould Cummings. Um, Marty Gould Cummings? Gould Cummings, yep. Uh, very talented drag performer. Boeing Gang uh, from Las Culturalistas. Oh, the homie. Yep. And uh, there was another gentleman, Mike Kelty. Matt Rogers wasn't there? They, they, they Well, you know, they're not they're, their package deal with Las Culturalistas, but Bowen is a stand-up. No, I'm not, I mean, I've seen them both, and yeah. they're both, I like them together. They, they, they invited like Bowen. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, I got it, I got it, I got it. But I'm sure Matt, Matt would have been great for the job, too. <laughs> but no, so we did it in, you know, four-hour blocks. I was literally sitting there with a binder, and the thing is, is that some of the floats were, like, out of order, so, you know... They were out of the order that the, of the order when they gave us in the book. So at some point we were just ad libbing and riffing, and some some people weren't even in the uh, booklet. So I saw some people like there's this group called Moby Mobilizing mm-hmm. Young Brother Mobilizing Our Brothers Initiative. It's a group um, in New York City, and they kind of do a lot of like black gay male empowerment, you know, events. They'll have parties. They'll do like art showcases and like uh, uh, like 
special talks, you know, they put people on stages and do like book presentations and stuff like that. I didn't see them on the list, mm. but I saw their t-shirts when they were walking down together on the parade route. And so it was so funny. Like literally anytime I saw black people in the parade, like and I just got hype and just started talking shit over the mic, just going crazy, <laughs> acting, you know how I do. Let just me hear something. Let me, let, me, let me get a Like, song. oh shit, there go. I shout out to Carol's daughter. What's good? That's like a black uh, hair care okay. product company. And they weren't, uh, to my knowledge, they weren't on the list. See how they do us? See how know. they do us? I don't know, but I was sure enough giving them love. You know what I'm saying? So like, I recognizable people. The people I saw a friend of mine. A friend of mine works for T-Mobile. So he was walking with I was like, what up, D.I.? What's good, nigga? <laughs> we, we out here at the fucking parade. What's good? Like, uh, that's why my voice sounds like this right now. Because I was literally shouting mm. into a microphone for four hours. Telling people that they look beautiful and stuff like that. Just like... Sh- Shouting out love, just yeah. all, this, all this stuff. So when I saw those brothers, I was like, oh, yeah, I love, I love those guys. Like, it's important to see them in the parade because for a long, I think, you know, not even just as a, as a queer black person, but as like, you know, a person of color that's queer in the gay community, you don't necessarily expect to see a, t- a lot of us represented in that in that space like that. Mm. I mean, a lot of people don't know that. Like, in some cases, in a lot of cases, there's like still a lot of like, racism in the LGBTQ wow. whatever community. So they, you know, this is now, I'm, what I saw yesterday was was a step, was a big step up because I saw, you know, I saw a lot of Korean pride and uh, uh, Muslim pride and like all the different aspects. Muslim of, of, pride? Yeah, there were a lot of representation. There's a lot of representation at the, at wow. the parade this year. I they made sure every culture was like represented in some way, which I was like, that's, that's exactly what we need. So, yeah, I was happy to be there. Yo, do you trust? Because you know I'm a conspiracy type of dude. Sometimes, okay. not all the time. Do you? <laughs> so this, I was walking from 34th to. Um, <laughs> PD is like that like guy first. shouting on the corner with a 40. Nah, but here's the thing. <laughs> so here's the thing. Because I'm walking by these, I'm walking by these establishments in New York. Yeah. And you see all the pride flags. And, and, and I'm, I'm holding my, so I'm seeing the flags, and I'm like, yo, I know some of these people ain't even for the movement. You like, how do you know who's you know really for so the funny? movement the and effort. they just put a tag, the That's flag That's a good out. question. The effort. Okay. Like, I was walking, uh, there was one, there's one particular bank on the corner of 8th Avenue and uh, 14th Street, mm-hmm. uh, right across the street from that CVS. I forget which one, which one it is. I think it's HSBC. But <clears throat> they're, they're, they they had a pride flag. They had, like, a poster with the pride flag colors on it. It's the most, ba- how do you manage to make the pride flag look boring? Like that, <laughs> like the flag, like the poster, it's still on there. They have it on the window. It's just the flag and then their logo up under it and then maybe like a little sentence of a quote like love, love is universal or something. Like nah. it's the, it, it, it literally looked like the project, the science project you had to make the on the poster board the night that you did not the night before. <laughs> it just like minimal effort. It was like crookedly, there's nah. no effort. They, you can tell the person who put it up didn't didn't even like, you know how you put a picture up on the wall and you like try to make sure that that shit is Damn, like, they didn't even, they it's just the angle, it it's like centered. It's like, no, this shit was just like, let's just slap some shit up there and call it a day. <laughs> it look like a drunk tattoo a, a, a tattoo you get when you drunk like it's just all lopsided oh, it don't look good like yeah it was I was like they ain't even try but you know hey at least they did something whatever <laughs> Yo, um, a lot of banks were at the parade which which I see and I guess that's what you what you're going after with the idea of like yeah. just these corporations like Deutsche Bank was there TD Bank was there I'm yeah just, you're like yo come on I, I think everybody's getting I think a part of that is just it's, everybody's wants to be in Inclusive. On the right side yeah. of right. of history, it seems like. So, you know, there's a reason you didn't see Chick-fil-A 
Yeah, Walking around <laughs> with a float on the parade. Yo, that you would know? have been the perfect time for them but to just bust Christian, out. No, but they well, first of all, they would have. But had I know a, they would have had a lot of time because they're closed on Sunday. So you That's would think that they would be able to show mm. to the pride parade. Mm. But then you remember their politics, mm. and they don't agree with gay marriage. Tonight. But you know what's crazy? I'll be honest with you. Mm. But first of all, I want people to know Alex is like he knows certified. He's one of my first <laughs> gay friends. ever. I couldn't wait for this sentence to be stated. He's one of my first <laughs> gay friends ever, man. Because you know, not to say I was not homophobic or I was close. Minded, I'm gonna say I was in closed circles. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But then once my circle got a little You used to wider, live in Miami. There's no way you could be that afraid of gay people. No, I was not. I was not I didn't say I was not afraid <laughs> no, no, of no, gay no, people. No, 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 no. I'm I'm kidding. But so <laughs> but so yeah, so but like I remember you used to work at the at the that spot Coffee, coffee Bean. Bean. Yeah. And R.I.P. He, he used to hook me up with anymore. the coffees every time when I was over there trying to do my little comedy. He would do the little we would do a little comedy. Uh-huh. So it was like, you know, it was my dude, and then like so it really Especially too, like being a, a black a brother, mm-hmm. and then and then, so that's one. That's like it was just like, but then to really hang out with you and they gotta get to know you and like you just mad cool, cool you would come person. In there all the time, I always yeah. feel like you were like I feel like you would purposely come in on my shifts because you knew I would hook it up. You were you were Mike. <laughs> Mike Mike ain't there Mike, no more. But yeah, Mike we all, yeah, up. we all um, loved it when you came in because. I hated that fucking guy. Oh, it was a scene. It was a <laughs> spectacle. It was a spectacle. Every time yeah. I came in, it was like, yo, I was talking about macaroons. Like, I, I seen them every day. But I'm like, ooh, look at the mac- copper macaroon. Like, I would be working. I would have my back turned to the door or whatever, and you would hear the door open. And I wouldn't even need to hear the door open because he would come in instantly and just be like, what's good, son? My boy Alex in the back. What's up? I get all iced coffee. Ooh, I'm like, here this nigga come. <laughs> so, yo, you from, yeah. um, you're from Michigan. Yeah. I'm like, is that correct? Yes. How was it? How was it? Uh, growing growing up in Michigan, I don't know much about Michigan other than what I see on the news today. What did you see on the news? Today? Well, not today, like <laughs> in general, but like in the last few years. I was about to say because I ain't seen shit. Last uh, few years, I've seen it's been like in a troubled well, Flint, time. You've been seeing like Flint, well, no, Michigan. even Detroit, I've seen like the uh, kind of like the property and stuff yeah. kind of going down a little well, bit. I was there between the time when things were really good in the '90s to when they started going to shit mm. in the early 2000s. I mean, in the '90s, Detroit was still wasn't necessarily like. Uh, utopia necessarily but it was way different you know I didn't see a great deal of crime growing up like I saw I saw maybe drug deals and like uh, 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 gang some minimal gang violence but I didn't necessarily see like the, to, I didn't see it to the extent that someone maybe from like Compton mm. or Chicago mm. even had necessarily saw it so I mean I grew up in the hood you know it was like lower middle class like, everybody in my family had jobs. Nobody was necessarily, like, I never raised, I wasn't raised with, like, roaches crawling next to me or, like, fucking gunshots over my head every time. But it was still... Oh, so you grew up in Hollywood, Not nigga. necessarily. It was still in my vicinity. I like mean, Beverly Hills Like, the people me, that were drugging, were dealing drugs were doing it very quietly. You right. know what I mean? Like, I have, I come from a family of fucking ex, of, of felons. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a family, like, I have, I am... I think I'm the first uh, man out of my family on my dad's side immediately to have not gone to prison. You know, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, so to to kind of get away from all of that, I there's really no... Like, I went back home two weeks ago for Father's Day. And, like, to go back to the hood 
my mother, because, like, my aunt and my uncle are were the first two. It's so funny. Like, my aunt let me smoke my first blunt, mm-hmm. and my uncle let me have my first drink. He let me drink my first beer. So they both were, like, just the cool auntie and uncle. And my mother. <laughs> They're my the ones that'll get sent to uh, child beer, get you sent <laughs> child bureau welfare. Shout out to the child right. bureau welfare uncle but aunt. my mother is the complete opposite of them, where she would always try to, like, kind of keep me away from certain things, you know. And so my mother always wanted more. I always wanted to live a little bit better. Um, my mother's fancy. It's so, like mm-hmm. she's like, when I'm going home um, for Father's Day weekend, I call. She calls me and she's like, "Your aunt and me got into a little uh, disagreement." And I was like, "Well, what is it about now?" Because y'all always arguing, or whatever. She was like, "Your aunt, your uncle's having a birthday party at this cab, like a cabaret for his birthday party us on the east side of Detroit." And I, she wanted you to while you were gonna be here for uh, for Father's Day weekend, she wanted to see if you would come because your uncle wanted to see you or that stuff. And, like, my mother, I could hear in her tone of her voice that she got into it with my aunt because she was like, well, I don't want him, you know, going to that side of town. And I don't want him, him being put in danger. And instantly, I'm like, first, number one, this is not an argument that y'all supposed to be getting into. This is, it's just not worth getting into a disagreement for. I just hate, I hate petty arguments, especially with family. I'm like, this is something that did not need to be discussed longer than a minute, you know. I can make, I'm an adult, I can make a decision to go wherever I want, I got a rental car, I'm going to do it, whatever, I want to see my uncle. Plus, I think my mother doesn't really recognize that I'm comfortable in a space like that. And the reason why my mother was uncomfortable... Was that a strip club or something? No, that that would have been the second second choice option, actually, but there's like, so in Detroit, there are like cabarets, so it's like... Like like halls, they rent out. Black folks in Detroit will like rent out a hall space, just some random hall space of like circles. I'll show you pictures of it. Table, there's like mm-hmm. table, like a, it looks like a, it looks like like a, a banquet hall. It looks like of. a high school cafeteria with <laughs> a stage and shit. Or I'm not joking, but right. it's a hall. Okay, and so you pull up. There's like this big ass parking lot. There's no signage. Pull, pull up means to arrive. People. Yes, there's you pull up. There's no signage to specify that it's an event space. It just is a blank building on the east side, with surrounded by like dilapidated buildings, abandoned buildings. But it's just a building that you can rent out space. And people, these these niggas <laughs> will pull up niggas. and show up with their own liquor. There's yes, no there's yes, no liquor yes, license. Yes. There's not everybody's just like we showing up with my bottle of tequila or my Hennessy or my beer like. <sighs> And so all of these people, my mom, I, I don't think she recognizes or even really kind of understands my appreciation for those people, those particular kinds of people. Because these these people I'm talking about are like in their 40s now. They my, went, yeah, when, shout out to all my Neanderthals out they there. Are, they, they, down, hood, they hood niggas and hood women. The these women walking around with not the, not the solo cups. They're walking around with small clear cups. You know oh, what I'm talking yeah, about. The ones the, you put yeah, over yeah, the bottle yeah. of Everfresh. <laughs> Like they walking around with cigarettes. They got their hair done, uh, but you know they broad might. The yo, women's, that's shit. Some of the women's bras might not fit, yo, but you a, might. <laughs> yo, son, that's a, that's a plastic cup that they sell at the bodega for five yeah, cents. You get exactly. a cup for five cents. You put the, the cup on top of the bottle yeah. liquor that you bought. You go about your day. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are these are hood people, and yes. they okay with it. My you favorite. Know? And so I think my mother doesn't recognize necessarily that I still have a lot of love. And, you know, an appreciation for those people because those are the people I was around when I was a kid. Like, my auntie was, like, a really, was was young when I was, a, a, when I was, like, a kid. So, when my mother was busy, she would babysit. And so, I would be walking around with, like, my 20-year-old, 19-year-old auntie in the hood with these women. You know, there was a time, once upon a time, my mother, my auntie, like, around when I first came out the closet, my auntie was, like, 
I just feel bad. Like, I'm glad that you came out everything, but I just always used to feel bad because, you know, I used to have you around me and the girls, and I feel like you picked up some stuff and maybe was a, like she's I'm for real I'm telling the truth she thought that she was a she was the reason or she was what made me I'm like no if anything you know I learned how to talk shit cause y'all cause y'all be cracking jokes all the time saying wow shit even my uncle's homeboys was like you know when I saw them at the party they were all like, these are all mind you I haven't seen some of these fellas some these fellas and these women for like 15 years like I've been gone like I went to college I left Detroit for about five years to go to school, and when I came back, so to you Detroit, said like when six I moved years here. ago, six years. Yeah, ago. yeah, exactly. But I, but even when I came back, even when I was still living in Michigan, I didn't see those people a lot because my mom had kind of Just taken me out of all of that, and I was like, kind of, and I got, I had gotten friends and stuff like that, and I was driving. So in Detroit, you know, you can kind of get away from family, friends, and stuff like that if your mom kind of. Mm-hmm. takes you in another direction or whatever but when I go back it's just like I never left like those people embrace me when I walked up in there they're like nephew people calling me nephew that I'm not even related to but he they like, know me because is that Capri son like I seen you hold on you said right Capri son my mother's first name is Capri <laughs> <laughs> So that is so that is how I Yo, used to people, people used to make people used to make fun, fun of that like all the time you'd be like Capri uh, son yeah that was yeah. a Cute little corny thing oh, that people always man. do. Oh, man. All right. So real quick, just to uh, rewind a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, two point. This is a two-part question. So um, mom mom and dad growing up? Mom. Dad was out. My dad went to jail when I was two. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. My biological father. I have my stepfather. Okay. And he's been around. My stepfather was my um, third grade History teacher, what? math teacher, one of those. So he was my teacher. In, That's crazy. In school. Is he still with your mom? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they've been oh. together for a little over ten years, eleven years. I want to say. Yeah. So what, he was your... always my mother's friend. So the funny story about uh, that, my is, friend coming over. What's the other thing? Yeah, yeah. So like he would, he would. Vol- I wasn't even in his class at this one point. Uh, I was in another homeroom. He tells this story now. He would purposefully, when he saw my mama, he first saw her picking me up. He was like, "Damn, she she fine as fuck." And she uh, and she no- she he noticed that she was always picking me up. Mm-hmm. So she was like, "She ain't got a man, obviously." Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, something like that. But my mother did have a boyfriend at the time. Oh, another so a, a different. She had friend. a boyfriend. She had a different friend. My mother had a boyfriend, and she was like on the verge of getting married. To no, she actually. He he had been around so long that he had been around long enough for my mother. He was friends with my mother all through the two boyfriends that she had. That's how long they had been. He she had just he had just been her friend. So he would purposely walk me downstairs, offer to walk me downstairs to my mother's car so that he could talk to her. And so that's how they became friends. So and, and there were a lot of black men at my elementary school that I that I went to. Mm-hmm. So. Like, my teacher was, my homeroom was a black man. And so I feel like they used to, like, kind of talk around yeah, me like, and be like, yeah, go ahead, Ale- drop him off. It's like, yo, you see Alex's mom's ass? Ooh, <laughs> like, yo. That shit fat. The, I'm the, a holler. Watch him a holler. Watch him a holler. Watch him a holler. It's like, watch him take it down. Watch him take it down. The only reason why I ever played basketball, or I only ever made any basketball teams in elementary, middle school, and high school, is because the coaches wanted to see my mother come and pick me up. Ah, she was wearing spandex back then? Looking back. I mean, I don't even think it was that. She, my mother dressed very conservative. You know, she dresses very, like, like, you know, I wear dresses, but ooh. I'm like, she's, but she's not like showing off right. her body. I was like, oh, she looked they like just, she could read a book. My mother's a beautiful woman. So like, I just had like the cute mama. So everybody, yeah. my friends, fucking faculty would try to say slick shit. I'm just like, I'm a fucking kid. Like, can y'all stop Damn, this? son. But, but, so he, they were friends. My mother had a boyfriend at the time when they met and she broke up with him. And then they, she, we, she ended up getting into another relationship with someone. Still, she still played the, played the friend. He was still the friend. So finally, when my mother, my mother was engaged to the second guy, and he 
came to the engagement party as a friend. And so he always talks about how he like was sitting there kind of like this nigga taking taking what I want. Uh, he was pissed. Taking he my was mad. Boo, taking the boo. So he had to beat her as a friend. And so my mother, the the breakup was very dramatic between my mama and this guy. Like it, we were living with him. We ended up having to move out because the, the breakup was just too right. harsh. Um, and so and that, it was the first time my mama ever let me cussed in front of her so like he kept calling the house that we ended up moving out we moved out of his house Mm -hmm. we moved into another place and he kept calling the house trying to get back with her and so at some point my mama was just like I was like mom you want me to I I couldn't have been no older than 11 I was like 10 11 years old and my mom was like I was like, Ma, you want me to answer the phone? You want me, you want me to do it? What you want? You want me to square up on this nigga? You want me to? You got me? I got it. I got square, it. Square up and means finally, fight, she was just so tired of the phone ringing. She was like, Go ahead, I don't care. And I was like, Can I cuss? And she was like, I don't care. She was so tired, mm-hmm. so I just started going off. I was like, Stop calling this fucking house. She don't want to talk to you. Oh. And she, he was just like, Alex, put your mama phone. But I know he wanted to say so bad. This fag. Like, oh shit. <laughs> when they broke up, my mom took some time off of relationships. And then, mm-hmm. but right when I think he found that one moment where my mom was like. Like, where he could get swooped up. She swooped in. He swooped. So, yeah, there was a lot of pushback from me at first because I was just like, you know, an angsty, yeah. closeted. You're like, not teenager. the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> not my homeroom teacher. And this I was, ain't right, Mr. Right. Farnsworth. <laughs> Mr. Farnsworth, how could you? I was going through a lot, though, too, because around that time, around like, Parallel to that, my dad had just gotten out of, out of right jail. Now? I'm 29. No, I'm saying, no, no. Uh, how old was I at yeah, the time? Yeah. Uh, he was, I was in the fourth grade when I met him. Um, they got engaged. Was I in middle school? No, I was in high school. They got engaged around like I was in the ninth grade. So you're saying when they got together, they got, they got when en- I was in the tenth grade. When they got engaged, your pops came out. When 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 my mother got out of her last got out when my mother got out of her relationship with her first fiance. My dad, my dad came out and got out of prison when I was in the seventh grade. Mm. Or eighth grade. It was like between, it was like that summer, I think. Between so, real quick, grade. did your pops, did your moms leave your pops when he was locked up or was they already out, not together no more? That information is great. It's like kind of murky to me because I really don't necessarily know what, because my, my dad used to hit my mother too like, oh, wow. when they were together. Because he, I don't know at what point, I, when they had me, it was just after. My mother and father went to school. They went to college together. They went to different high schools in Detroit, but they ended up going to Alabama State together because my dad was on a basketball scholarship. But he fucked that up. He was doing, he was like selling drugs. He was also, he, what's funny is that he had every opportunity. Like he was supposed to go to the NBA apparently. Golden State was looking at him, all this stuff. But he got, he kept slipping back into that life with my uncle, his brother. And so they ended up, you know, he ended up flunking out of college, of course, flunking off the basketball team, not doing nothing. So he ended up going back to Detroit. And my mother, to my, this is the most knowledge I have. My mother, they were in love, apparently. And so they went, she followed him back to Detroit. And so she basically, you know, changed her life for him. Mm. She followed him. Her mom's from Alabama? My mom's from Detroit. Oh, but they okay. ended up going to Alabama State. Oh, I got you, I got you. So, uh, yeah, she got pregnant, I think, a little bit after that. After that, she got pregnant with me a little bit after that happened. After that, after that whole. So he change. went to jail when you was how old? I was two when he got locked up. So you didn't really know him growing up. I didn't know him, part. but I visited. I, we visited a lot. My mama didn't want me to like not to just be cut off from him, or whatever. So I, I, I was very young, knowing that my dad. We had to drive like an hour out of the city to go. We had to go upstate to Yo, go and see him. That's that's crazy. Crazy. Jail um, visitations are really on. interesting. Real, real quick. <laughs> Did you? Because my my sister, my sister's. Children's father, couple couple of her kids' fathers was in jail for like a while, and um, 
Do you think, did you ever have, because I, I could see from them, like, yeah, I could see like sort of some sort of like a resentment. Did you ever have a resentment towards your dad, like your biological dad? You ever had a resentment like, yo? Not until later. Okay. Not until like I got older. Um, so as a kid, you wasn't like, because I feel like they, I them as kids was resentful because of like, you know. How old are they? Um, are they are they like single digits? Well, no, 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 they're teens. But when okay. they, when it happened, I think it, they were like, you know, preteen kinda. Yeah. So like preteens into teens I into like recall, basically adult. Yeah, but, I get it. I don't recall ever having like resentment at that age. I don't even think I had the uh, the capacity to like be resentful towards somebody because I didn't really understand. I I understand that my what I understood was that my dad did something wrong. And this is where he lives. It was pretty that my my the way I processed him being in jail was like this is where he lives. It wasn't like a he's he's not there for anything. For, he's not there because he was he was there, but daddy was in prison because he did something bad. That so, was the extent of where. It so went. your mom's didn't. She never said anything bad about him. Oh, okay, no. see that's the no. you know no. that's what yeah, yeah. that's the mom. Mother, he yeah. a piece of shit, exactly. and they like yeah, man yeah. fuck this mm-hmm. nigga man. Mm-hmm. My that's mother that's the only time that resentment exactly. Yeah. I ain't like that nigga. I didn't go to jail. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but that why never, your face look like that nigga? Right. <laughs> she Shut never. Up. Yeah. She never. If oh, she never man. projected any of that type of okay. stuff on me. Uh, if anything, she always like explained to me what that was and made that the model for she was always just like all right if you don't if you don't do x y if you don't do like i tell you to do if you don't do what i tell you to do if you don't obey rules and stuff like that this is how your life can go yeah. so she would always use him as the example for how i should behave or how i should move you know what i mean so i'm like okay he was just always the example of not what not to do right so it was never like a, you just like your father, whatever. The uh, the only time I could ever recall her being even close to that is like if I would do something bad, like my mother and I would kind of get into it sometimes, and I like she would be like, "Can't nobody tell you nothing, Alex. You think you know everything?" Because I'm very I, I like to argue sometimes, so that's always just been a thing. My parents used to think that I was gonna go to law school because all I would do was argue, was litigating, I, always arguing. And so my mom would take that and be like, "You know, your father." Would 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 it acts like that too? I know that about him. He thinks that he thinks he knows everything, and look where he look how look where that got him. So that's that's <laughs> the closest she would be real yeah. shady. You know what I mean? So I was like, that would be the closest out that she would come to that. But she wouldn't even start doing that until I was like a teenager. And oh, I was okay, like okay. Forming my own opinions. But then, so so how old you was in seventh grade when he came out? What was, came your, out. What was your relationship like then? Because was was um was your stepdad already in the picture? Like was so, he? Yeah, I was in the picture. But like, was he in the picture as far as like? In the picture, in the picture, or yeah. was they still like just friends? I uh, know, but by, by, at this point, uh, oh, you know what? It was very, it was very like he was still he was around, but not like as strong. Like he was, he was my mother's boyfriend at the time. Okay, okay. So it wasn't, but I saw him a lot. You know what I mean? And, he, and it also helped that I already knew who he was. Like I, he, right? He, I already saw him as like an adult figure in my yeah. life because he was a teacher of mine. You knew he liked peanut yeah. butter and jelly around eleven thirty. <laughs> at know, the very least, banana yeah. with that. That would be the only thing he eats because he milk. cannot cook. So, <laughs> all right. So that Pop Dukes comes out. Yeah. He like yo, where my family at? He actually had a family on the way out. Oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, he got married uh, to a, to a woman in uh, jail. And while on like on, when he was at the on the cusp of move of on the cusp of being released, he was I think he may have gotten married in prison. Like he, they had a ceremony. She was she that's was where working. you get that fly shit from. Well, she your was father. working. She was working. <laughs> Look at you. That's where you get that slick shit. She from. was working. Uh, she was working in some program. 
I don't necessarily know what I don't know what she was doing, what and what to what to what degree she was working in, in the prison. But that's how they met. She was doing something, and she ended up. It was, it was a very BET movie situation. Like <laughs> Papa was a player, but she has a daughter, and so by the time he got out, he had already kind of set up this other family that I was supposed to kind of like you know follow in and you know be a part of. I have a stepmother. Did a step-sister. your mom know this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I, so that's I cool. Actually. She wasn't. She wasn't. She, she, it wasn't like my mother was like not cool with, you know. She just wanted him to be there. She's like, okay, you back. So your son is here. You know, right. this is what's this is what's good now. This you gonna have your family. He's gonna come and visit. So we we made a valiant effort to like make it happen. But it just, I feel like, and I make this joke a lot. Like my my dad had when when he, when I when he, when he had me, he had a Run DMC copy. He had a Run DMC tape. I mm-hmm. was the Run DMC tape. Okay. When he got out of prison, he came back to a Mariah Carey CD. You okay. know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> he didn't really know what to do, and I feel like he had all these expectations about what his son, his son, and what his what his idea of what his son was supposed to be and what was going to be an extension of him. So Yo. I was going to be a basketball player. Yo, that's I was crazy. Gonna, you know what I mean? But when he got back, he got some dude. He got this kid that likes to watch movies and not really an athlete and you know he 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 likes watching music videos of like Aaliyah mm-hmm. and like Lil' Kim and like I, he he just wasn't I don't I don't I wasn't exactly at this what point he were was. you taking pictures like uh, Lil' Kim's hardcore poster <laughs> with, the, with the cheetah no but I was I don't know but I was looking at pictures on his computer of men of porn of gay porn stars hey, in those poses, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> which ultimately led, which ultimately resulted in our relationship right, kind of going. So, yeah, all right, yeah, it was uh, a lot of drama. We gonna rewind. Mm-hmm. When did you come out to your family, and who did you come out to first? A couple times. <laughs> any okay. gay, any gay person would definitely tell you, especially if they're black. I think will tell you that you got to keep coming out sometimes until because there's like this weird denial, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's like, remind us, are you still gay? It's just a, like, I came out like twice. I said, I came out when I was 19, and then I did it again when I was like 21, 22. Oh, wow. 19? Yeah. And I'm like, but you knew you was gay from. I mean, I knew. Jump Street. You know, I just, I thought. So I, you, you, I, you I, waited I convinced 19 myself, years? I convinced myself that other people didn't know, PD. That was the thing. <laughs> That's what being in the closet. Yo, you, you lie to your crazy? stuff. You lie to people so that, you know, you kind of keep it up. But the more you lie, the more obvious. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You know, it's crazy. So I got a couple cousins, right? Yeah. That are gay. And even as an adult... Like as you said, it's like something in the black family or whatever it is. It's like it's a different conversation. Where it's like even like I remember my my moms. I'd be like, you know they gay, right? 
And like this is I'm an adult I'm not even like This is not like No little kid shit This is like I'm on the This is my space days I'm like Cause I'm <laughs> learning too Cause I haven't been With my cousins in so long So when I look at They my space And like You know My man on the beach With a purse And he's like You know And then he got like Him and his boo it's a man bag Well it's a man bag <laughs> it's a satchel. Or whatever. No it wasn't no satchel <laughs> It's a purse It was a purse It was a purse But it's like probably a very expensive Oh yes purse, yes, yes 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 yeah. Here's the thing My cousin Motherfucker, I don't know what the name is called when it's hot when you just like a high uh high maintenance type of motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So he would just and I knew it. So my mom's like, nah, he not gay. I'm like, what he's half naked on his in my space with another dude and they making out. That's sounds like looks pretty sounds pretty gay to me. <laughs> but that goes back to your thing about yeah. like I think black families being in denial where it's like it can be and, it, and I don't think it's, it's just black families. Well, a lot of yeah. But but right. I, I think you'll hear that type of interaction uh, when it comes to coming out a lot from like black black gay men black lesbians and black trans people all that stuff like you you'll hear well black trans people got a whole other experience so I, I, that I can't relate to so I you know I can't speak for them but I was actually gonna have someone that just um transitioned on yeah with you but I couldn't get in contact with them yeah give me the spotlight people yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> uh, but no I came out at 19 came out like a little bit later than that to a like so I how just, was it? Who, oh, you who, asked, who, you asked who, who the first person? Yeah, who was the first person? You came my with? grandmother. She was the first oh, wow. person. She, you she, went straight to the top. Well, she's no lie. She she passed away actually like a year after that. Thanks to you. No, I'm <laughs> just killed her. That is fucking funny. <laughs> the idea that coming out could kill your grandmother. It's a fact, yo. I used to date this girl. She was Jewish, right? She's still mm-hmm. Jewish, but I used to date this girl, <laughs> and um, so you know the booby. Mm-hmm. Like Bubby had the guap, son, and she would be like, "Nah," because her grandma was probably like in her nineties, and she'd be like, "Nah, you can't visit my grandmother. Like she can't, cause she can't see you with some black. Yeah, you, oh, it's supposed yeah. to be all Jewish. You ain't supposed to be coming up there and they're like, yo, she yo, was, Shabbat, my niggas. Ooh, ooh. She's like, she's been around since Jim and Crow. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Since, yeah, but so right, so right. you went straight to grandma. I went straight to my grandmother. Uh, it came and it actually came at a very like. I forget what the fuck happened. Oh yeah, that's right. I like I think I had come home from college. This was this was the summer after I believe my freshman year of college. And you know, when you come back home from college, it's like you're coming back and you're living for the summer back at home and you're not you're now back in the position of living under your parents' rules, mm-hmm. you got to when you didn't have to be in you know in school, you didn't have a how curfew. How was that? How was that when you first left the? the where'd you go to school? Central Michigan. So how was that when you first got to break off the chains? How did that feel? Well, I was nervous because I'm like you know it, it's 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 a, it's a mixture of nervousness and like also freedom because it's like you know when when they kiss you goodbye and then you leave and then they leave it, it's like all right it's it's just me you know the first couple of days I was really nervous and kind of like you know. I literally can't call on anyone to make, I have to make my own decisions. I have to decide when I'm going to get up. I have to be responsible. I have to, like, you know, find a job. Like, this was the first, and I didn't feel, I felt prepared, but I also was, like, scared because I'm like, I don't know. But also, college is, like, a very, it's a simulation. You pay mostly for, like, the experience, I think. The school, the classes are, to me, are secondary. You know, the stuff you learn about people and the things you do with people their uh shape shape who you who you become do i think i my life would have been any different with or without it i don't know 
Mm-hmm. But college was definitely an experience. It but was it like a freedom thing? Because I always feel like freedom, when, when, when people are strict on their kids, the yeah. first sign of freedom is like, they break now we out. can live how we... Or now we can like kind of walk in the shoes that we thought we wanted thought to we walk wanted into. To. Definitely. And you get the better feel of that. Definitely. I think if... It, my parents weren't strict, strict growing up, but they definitely had like... They set boundaries. Like I couldn't go to every party. I couldn't, you know, sleep over at everybody's house. I couldn't do... Like I was always given... Um, I was only given but so much room, you know, mm-hmm. to be free. So I think, if anything, it helped me when I got to school. And now as an adult, because, like, now, like, I don't go to every single—I go to, I go out a lot. But, like, I don't, I don't go to, like, See every— you everywhere. <laughs> I don't go to every, like, thing that I'm invited to. Right. If, I, if, I'm, if I literally just need to stay in the house or, and do something, if I need to get something done, I'll shut myself off and go, you know, seclude myself, stay in the house, chill out, you know. But— in school, it definitely helped because there were some parties I was just like, well, I can't go because I got to finish this mm-hmm. pointless-ass paper that I got to write, you know, or some shit like that. So, I, you know, it, they, they in that way, they, they were strict, but in a good way that was, like, not, you know. But I was, I, funny, th- funny thing is, though, I was 18 in high school. I was 18 in the 12th grade because my birthday is late. My birthday is in December. Okay. So I, I, was, I was always older than all of my friends. So Detroit has had a lot had a lot of like, uh, I don't know if they still do, but they had a lot of, and at the time when I was in high school, they had a lot of 18 and up clubs. So me and my friends, we would like go to the gay club. We would go to some of the other clubs and I would be able to get in because I was 18 and my friends would have to, you know, scurry around for uh, fake, fake ID. ID. So hold on. So this is in high school. You was going to gay clubs in high school? I was. Oh, well, so hold on. You Before was I could drink. you was eighteen. I was eighteen. Oh, so you came out when you. Oh, so you you already you didn't come I didn't, out. I didn't come out. How was that? But I was going. <laughs> How was that in high school? How was you maneuvering the maneuverments? <sighs> you know what's so funny? When did you like? When would when did you feel comfortable to make the connection with other gay people? Because I mean, I'm pretty sure growing think... up, you wasn't sure like who. I'm not saying you wasn't sure wasn't who sure. was gay. Well, you have but to you figure wasn't everybody sure, out. Yeah. You wasn't sure. How people would take yeah. you? What I'm saying. You know what's funny is that uh, it was difficult at first because you would find I would find myself being at odds with those boys in high school. Kind of like like my best friend in high school from high school, like the best friend that I have now. Uh, uh, we did not get along in because he came to my high school in junior year, and so my best friend kind of came through. You know, he 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 had swag. You know, he you know he was in the closet too. But there was always this like I could always tell there was something about him that I'm like. This nigga and me got something in common. You know what I mean? But like, I just, I don't know what this bitch thinks she doing coming up in my school that I've been right, at right, since ninth right, grade. Right, right. You gonna come up in here, transfer at 11. So, so there was always like this, uh, like, you on my turf, bitch. Like, right. there's always that kind of like, vibe. Caddy vibe. You know, vibe. but I, that was how I knew, I think. That vibe was always how I knew that there was something. How was, hey, how was he? Between us, huh? How was he acting? Uh, kind of giving it back to me, you know, because, like, you know, we were always, he was like, I'm driving this new car. He was driving, like, the Sebring. You know, he would always pull up in a nice little vehicle, you know. So I'm like, oh, okay, this bitch think he, this bitch <laughs> think he's about something. You know, pull up in the student parking lot, like, he run the place, okay, bitch, whatever. Okay, you know? okay. But, uh, but I think, I don't even know when, I can't even pinpoint when he and I got on the same page and was like, we don't have to really be beefed. We we, we could actually be cool, you know, because, you know, I think one day he offered to, like, take me home because I lived walking distance from my high school, so I would walk to school before I got my car or whatever. So he, like, offered to take me home one time. And I was like, oh, you cool as fuck. Oh, let's just be friends (laughs) instead. So, um, you know what's so funny is that Facebook, was just, like, when my senior year of high school hit, Facebook was just, like, becoming open to everybody. It was, you know, so that's how 
recent, if you will, this kind of was. Because I mean, I, I graduated high school in 07. So, like, there was, like, people adding one another on Facebook. And then, like, you would get on there and, like, you know, everybody from your high school, when they opened it up to high schoolers, we were all you know, following each other, friends on Facebook. Then they had other high school friends, you know, then it became like a, oh, I know that kid because I went to middle school with them or I know that person. And then you start meeting and seeing other gay people because they're adding people that they don't know on Facebook because they think they're cute and shit uh, like that. And they wanna, okay, so okay. like, you'll find yourself, see, so Facebook used to have this feature on the friends list. It's not there anymore, but they used to be able to specify how you know each, know someone. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, they met through, they went to college together, they went to school together, they, their family, shit like that. Uh, but what I noticed in particular, especially when it came to like all of the guys, you could tell someone was gay and you can kind of do it, you can do it now, it's more advanced, of course, you can do it now with the internet, you can kind of tell who's gay based on like who their friends are, mm-hmm. who your mutual friends are. Like I, I have like gay friends of mine on the internet and you could, you would only, you could only really tell at, the, at that time who was who based on who your mutual friends were. So, but now I got gay friends too. So like people are going to look at me like, oh, Petey get it popping. But, but that's just how different, no, but that's just how different things are versus how they were 10 years ago. Ah, okay. So it's like, you know, a lot of my friends are, so the thing would always be like, if you were two gay dudes that like met on Facebook, if y'all found each other on Facebook, in Detroit at least, I, I can't speak for worldwide Facebook, but I just, I would always notice in particular that, uh, these two dudes either were fucking or clicked up as gay as gay friends or whatever because their Facebook how we met thing says through a friend, but it wasn't through a friend. These niggas found each other on Facebook and it was like a in DM situation. So yeah, that's what that. So sliding the DMs has always been here. We're just now recognizing it as a thing. <laughs> okay, so you're 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 yeah. you come out. I'm sorry, we got a little off the rails. You, you come out to your grandmother. You come out to your grandmother, Nana. Mm-hmm. What Nana said. Okay, what you want to eat? But she, did How's she brush it? it off or did she ignore it? Wasn't, like, it wasn't a brush off. She was just like, okay, like, I have a lesbian friend. She started making a reference to the lesbian woman that she knows, that was she, that she knew in her building. Okay. She's like, oh, yeah, I got, she, she pulled the I got a gay friend card on me. She was like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend down the street, she, you know, she be having her little friends over there. I'd be like, I'd be wanting to cook for them. I'm like, grandma, this is. She's just so funny, but did, yeah. Did that make it more comfortable for you to come out to the to other family members or other people close? Not to you? necessarily. I I came out to my grandmother's first because she I knew she would be the only person. Not not that she would be the only person. My feelings were that she would be the only person I could say that too comfortably, not feel judged, not like have to ask a bunch of questions. Like I said, when I came out, she was just like, okay, whatever about it. Like she was like. It it's not it's important to me, but it's also like I I love you. You you telling me this like it's gonna change anything, is you know whatever. My I, my mother my grandmother was always available to my mother when it came to me. So I had I definitely had like the classic, uh single single black mom that would drop off her kids to with her grandmother when they wanted to go get it popping on the streets like mm-hmm. at the club with right they, with their friends with their friends and stuff. Yeah. So my mother would always come back to my grandmother's house with like the club photos and stuff like that. My mother and she would leave them at my grandmother's house. So there's like there would be like on the mantle just like picture after picture in different outfits of my mother in different like. Uh, uh, suit like what is it like dress, like she would dress in like nice skirts and mm-hmm. like have her, her 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 girls but it's so funny that my mother and my auntie's club pictures are completely different cause like my mother and her friends were like you know 
pose with their, you know, with no purses, just like purse posing their outfits, really dainty, or whatever. And my auntie and her, her clique, her crew, busting it open. You, you know what kind of pictures I'm talking about Do too, real. with the dice in the background, Do with the champagne real. bottles, like yeah, what's yeah, good, yeah. posing, Do booty out, like what mm-hmm. up, liquor bottles up in there, oh, men yeah. grabbing them and shit, whole oh, yeah. bunch of me too shit. Oh, yeah. them so you came out to Nana, but yeah, came and out then to she was like cool, whatever. And She's then, cool. and then who'd you come out to next? Did you come out to Mom Dukes? Yeah, I feel like mom was next. I feel like mom, mom and stepdad. How she took next. it? Not, how, did, how did they not, take not, it? Not the, not the way I wanted to. Uh, but you, at some, there was a point where you just have to deal with it. You know what I mean? Uh, my my mother, my stepfather's family is super, 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 super religious. Mm-hmm. Like Christian. Just imagine black Christian Michigan, that type of shit. Like these people eat breathe and sleep church like mm-hmm. all day long uh, he he used to live with his family uh and his gra- his grandfather used to run a church his, mm-hmm. his grandfather passed away uh, a while back ago and he was the head of the church and all of his family lived he lived with his cousins he lived with his sister his mom his, his family my, my my stepdad's immediate family his mother his bro- his sister and his parents and then they lived in this big house with his aunts and uncles and like so they had the huge family house situation and they all went to church every single day like they went to church Sunday through Saturday prayer groups yeah all of that Bible study they were they were about it and so my mother married into this family and so essentially my mother would like to tell the story that I was always raised that I was raised in the church whatever but we were definitely like a like it was just me and my mom so it was like it definitely was like a we only went to church Sometimes on holidays, like holidays, up. and when right. it was like you know we're going to church, you know what I mean. Like it was when she had it in her to go, but we de- I definitely wasn't raised in the church the same way that the kids that are in his family were raised that are my age. So it was a struggle because you know at that time, by, by, by the time she got married to him, I was like 15, 16 years old, and so. I was going through so many different things already on my own personal, like, you know, the shit with my dad, my sexuality, school. We're moving a lot because, like I told you, we moved in. We, we, Me and my mom moved a lot. My mom, we, when I was in the first and second, my mom pulled me out of Detroit Public Schools um, in the middle of kindergarten. And we had to move, like, a 45-minute drive away to Eastern Michigan because my mother wanted to finish her degree because she, she moved and when she moved to uh, from Alabama State she didn't finish with, of course with my dad and so she had me so she wasn't in school and so she wanted to finish getting her, her degree so I was living in Ypsilanti, Michigan for two years shout out to everybody in Ypsilanti <laughs> it's a great place actually um, very diverse first time I ever went to school with white kids first time I ever got to experience other cultures and stuff like that so being a young boy and like I remember one time my mom was sleeping with her boyfriend. She was taking a nap with her boyfriend in, like, our apartment that we lived in or whatever. And so I was playing outside with, like, I think, like, two uh, two white kids that lived in the apartment complex. And they said we were, like, being loud and talking outside of outside of the apartment. And so I, I, remember, say, I remember saying this. I told them. I was like, I said, shh, be quiet. You're going to wake up my mommy and daddy. But that dude was not my dad. <laughs> oh, no. So my my mom heard me because the window was open. So my mom heard me say that. And so I think later that day, like at dinner or whatever, she was like, did you tell those kids that that blank is your uh, is your dad? Mr. Farnsworth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and you know, it's kind of like one of those. I think it's just one of those things. Because I was a kid, too, at right, that right. time. I was like seven or something like that. So I was just wanting to have because like those my those are my friends and they had their daddies around so mm-hmm. I didn't there were, so that acknowledgement kind of of like not resentment about my dad but like the acknowledgement that I I felt different because I was like oh everybody has their has their mommy and daddy in the house 
And I know this person isn't my dad, but he's always there. He's always nice to me. Like none of my mother's ex boyfriends were ever mean to me. I never had like the evil stepdad or the. Cause they try and hit. Of course they're not gonna be mean to you. Niggas <laughs> try to smash. They yeah. ain't gonna be mean. So it's like you, got, you know, you got, everybody knows you got to work your way in through the kid, and then you smash them. So moms. I made him. I, I made him my dad for my friends. It was my friend. I was just lying. Okay, <laughs> so 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 you came out to to mm. them, and they were like, "Nah, fuck that. No, you ain't." They weren't. They weren't like out loud, like saying stuff like that. But my mom just spent. My mom would always use like the uh the guilt tactic where it's like what did i do who did i oh, no. did somebody touch you did does that she she instantly went to like a place of blaming herself right and so well first of all my, my stepdad doesn't even comment on it we don't really even talk about it and i think his silence do you still talk to him or no yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I think my stepdad's silence on the matter is that it comes from a place of like i don't know if it's if it's maybe him being on my side necessarily mm-hmm. I don't really know we've never gotten into the weeds of that necessarily but my mother just like she really wanted had to I don't know if she necessarily wanted me to like kind of change and kind of get myself situated into like the way the, the family because she spends a lot of time with his family now mm. because she's she works in the church with them she like she she's a part of that but she hasn't lost her her way in the religion of it all but I think there was a rebellious side of me that was like I don't want to be a part of that I don't want to be in like that cult-like situation where I'm, like, in church all day and that's how I live my life. And you can't be you. It's to, Right, and I can't be me. And it's actually, I can I believe that religion can be to some people's detriment. Like, like there are, I have two younger cousins, step-cousins through this where I noticed a very big difference in our lives because they, they ended up going to the same high school as I did for at one point. We, we were at the same high school and my parents had gone on, my mom and my stepdad had gone on a vacation. And so I ended up staying with them, these two, these cousins, I ended up staying with them and their family for like a week. And I would be like, oh, I'm, you know, it's a Tuesday. I'm doing my homework. I'm reading or something like that. And they'll be like, well, we got to go to church. I'm like, well, don't y'all got homework? Don't y'all niggas got something to do? And they're like, yeah, we try to do it at church, whatever. Then we come and do it afterwards. I'm like, y'all stay in that church on two. Y'all was just at church yesterday and on Sunday. Like, why are y'all back at church? And so... I would notice that they would they would be at church more than they would be getting their work done for school and stuff like that. So I'm like, and nobody and people would get on them about doing their homework, but it seemed like an afterthought to church. And so now I'm I'm a, I'm I'm older. We're older, and like I'm noticing that they they're they're aspiring. Two of them, two of the kids that uh, that that are my age in that in that family are aspiring towards careers in like gospel music and stuff like that. But they're still like you know working. You know, odd jobs and, you know, trying to keep their bills paid. I think they some of I think they may even I don't know if they I don't know how many out of the three of them have their own places and stuff like that. But they have struggled to, you know, kind of move further. It seems like from my from my viewpoint, it it feels like they weren't given the opportunity to be 100 percent because there's always anytime I talk to them, there's always this like, well, Alex, you know, I always feel like I'm repeating myself with this talk that they have where it's like, well, you live in New York, Alex. I don't know how you do it. It's like, just get up and go. Break out of it. Religion kept them in their comfort zone. And it can keep you sheltered from other parts of the world. I would have never met you That's so funny. if I, just, I went to church. I was just about, the next thing I was going to say was like, you, you now that you like you lived in New yeah. York for what, six, six years, years now? How yeah. does How do you like, like as somebody that's like, you know, you're gay and like to mm-hmm. come to New York, you moved from Michigan? Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. how is it to, like, come from Michigan? Now, I'm pretty sure, I mean, there's gay culture everywhere. Everywhere. You know yeah. what I mean? But so, but, like, to come here, here mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, shit, I could really, 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 in anywhere. That's the cool part, too. Like, 
I'm gonna say well, anywhere. Not anywhere. Yeah. I'm gonna say anywhere. But like I'm gonna say in some town. Like I'm gonna say eighty percent of the in the yeah. city. No, I'm not even say. I'm gonna say I'll more. T- I'll, I'm gonna say more. Ninety. I feel like ninety percent mm-hmm. of the places in New York City, yeah. the five boroughs, mm-hmm. you good. Yeah. It doesn't matter. How mm-hmm. did that? Feel? Like how is that a culture shock or something? It's a culture shock. But I'll tell you something. I'll give you a very fine example actually as to how it took me a minute to adjust to the fact that um that that was the case here. Um. I used to date this guy. Well, I was living in Harlem at the time, and mm-hmm. I used to date this guy that I went to high school with. He moved. He he had he had been living here at the time, so he and I were going out or whatever, hooking up. And he was on my. He was on the. He was on the porch. He was on the stoop of my apartment mm-hmm. that I was living in at the time, and we're in Harlem. And this was like two or three years ago. And so he's leaving, and I'm on. I'm getting ready to go back upstairs, but before he like, he leans in to kiss me, and I'm like, looking. <laughs> Looking around before we do it. Like, right. I'm, like, nervous looking around right. my shirt. And he's kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, why are you, are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you embarrassed? At first he took it as, like, are you embarrassed? I'm like, no. He's looking at, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm still a little nervous. He you was know? like, hey, he looked at you and said, he's like, you nigga, in you big, in New York. You in, the, you in the big time now, baby. Right, right. But, I, but see, I was so, <laughs> that's basically how it went down. He was like, can you stop with this shit against yeah. me? I was like, oh, my bad. Like, but actually I had two situations like that happen before. And the, the first time, that was the second time it happened. The first time a dude tried to kiss me on the street, we were like in Union Square. Oh, that's the best place to And kiss. that's the best place for a gay kiss. But I was still like <laughs> pushing him off, kind of like hesitant, looking around, Nervous, and I think some of that is a form of PTSD Absolutely. because in Detroit, I think even now in Detroit, you can't just be walking around with your gay boyfriend holding hands and shit like that. In some parts, in some parts of Detroit, you can't just be out here wild that, and free and gay, gay TSD, and prideful. Son. You know what I'm saying? Like gay, gay TSD, TSD. It, <laughs> LGBT PTSD. LGBT, <laughs> a lot of words, but it's true. Like yeah. that, that's a that's a, that's the that's the best example for me. Is like. It took me a minute to even come out of my own, like, you know, thought about society when it came to me, you know, being intimate with another man in public, especially in black communities. Like, Harlem is still, like, when I was living here, I, I had black neighbors, and there were black people all all up and down walking where I was living at. So I'm like, I'm not going to be gay-bashed in you know, New York City. Crazy? Real quick, real quick. <laughs> just like, we're about to wrap it up. But yeah. like, real quick, I remember I had a, my cousin's homie growing up, Um, his his homie's brother was um was a tra- was trans, mm-hmm. and yo, this is one of the most gangsterous. The trans like, person, yes, or? yes, okay. tra- mm-hmm. the, one of the most gangsterous people. You gotta be, you gotta be. A yo, let me to be tell true. you something, man. Let me tell <laughs> in the projects, my brother. <laughs> in the projects, that, yes. In the like, yeah. you know how many people's ass this motherfucker done beat <laughs> in the be. in the middle of the oh, like what oh what oh, you think it's soft over here? Yeah, you got to be tough to be. I tell people all the time, those are some of the toughest fucking people you and then not just cuz they were born, they were born a man and then not even it's just you have to be mentally tough. You're faced with the trans people get murdered damn near every single day in this country. And so to be to be trans, to be gay, to be anything that's not other to be anything other than straight in the hood where yeah. I, where you and I the, the kind of hoods that you and I are from, that's that's a hard thing to do. It's different now because more of it you see you're seeing more of it now and it's becoming more normalized. But 
I tell people I'm like, and, and it's not it's not new knowledge to anybody. Ten or fifteen years ago, this shit wasn't it, it wasn't what it is now. It wasn't where I be walking up and down the street and see gay high school kids, and I'm like, I yeah, wish that's crazy. I was that even even when I was like even when there were people that were starting to know that that's, about me I, in high I'm, school. Hold on, I was quick. still very like I'm not telling nobody. I said that's shit, crazy. You know? I said that's crazy. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying like that's. Cr- I mean, no, like, it's crazy. It's no, I crazy know what you mean. That, anybody like, who listens to this podcast know forward. how you speak. It, that's crazy. Nah, it is. Crazy. It's wild. It's wild because it's like things have changed. Even me, like I go yeah. now. I don't know if you knew this about me. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I go to movies at the Angelica now, and I go to the <laughs> I- no. I swear to God, don't like I go to the IFC Center with the boo. Uh-huh. I mean, go catch a movie. So and what like, you're saying, PD, is just a, it's a matter of time before we see you with a satchel on, nah, like nah, homeboy nah, saw on the beach. Don't go that far. Don't go that far. Don't go that far. You won't necessarily be kissing a dude no, on MySpace. <laughs> Yo, so I'm in the movie in the previews for the movies. Uh-huh. It was a thing. It was called Queers in Film. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of uh, movies. From the gay community, mm-hmm. which is it's like um, it's almost like it's so weird because it's almost like I I I, I kind of uh, parallel it with for me just being happy, like smiling, coming out the hood and being yeah. able to come out and just like to come out and just be happy. Yeah. Cause you feel like yo, I can't even be happy around these motherfuckers because mm-hmm. they're gonna think I'm soft or they like I gotta have this hard shell. Mm-hmm. I gotta be a gangster. I gotta do crime. I gotta do or people gonna think yeah. I'm soft. Yeah. So it's like to see. That's one of the things that I love most about doing comedy and just being an adult in the world now. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, that's no, why I latched on to you. There's no reason. Like there's no reason to really be unless you're really a fucking. Uh, a, a piece of shit person. There's yeah. really no reason to hold on to these old ways of thinking. Especially, you know what I mean? especially if if those ways of thinking are getting in the way of someone's life, livelihood. You know, being able to get jobs, able like Absolutely. this is the, like what people don't realize is that even if you're not in a position to uh, to deny someone like a gay person or a trans person access to a job or 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 you're not a a, a racist cop or something like that. If you still have those like fears and those those ideas, those preconceived notions about who what who and what gay people, queer people are, you're complicit in the in the grand scheme of how it plays out right. in society. Right. So that's why I'm like, you know, a lot sometimes sometimes I've heard like, you know, I, I make the joke a lot that like, you know, I hang out with nothing but, but straight guys and like that's usually who you see me with, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not something that I'm that I'm like quote unquote proud of, but like Guys like you and like other other men that have embraced me that, you know, in that way of like just having a cool conversation and being able to like talk to me normally and not try to mock me or mimic right, my right, voice right. when I'm like, it, it just gets tiresome. So right. it's like I, I, I can appreciate straight men who can just be cool and I can just be one of the guys like, you right. know, like not, I don't have to play up a character that you have created in your mind about me. Well, that's what, it you goes know? back to like me being like learning how to, because it's the same for me. Like yeah. honestly, like it's to treat people how I want to be treated. So mm-hmm. I had to go out, don't matter where you're from, what you are, your sexual orientation, your age, your religion, or anything. It's like, yeah. I know how I'm coming, straight unscrupulous, yeah. paint chips, so... I don't even know whatever it is. I don't want you to look down on me, so I'm not going to look down on nobody else because either the thing is either you don't understand somebody and that's fine. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to not understand or get where somebody's coming from. But the simplest thing is to respect someone. You want respect. I want respect. We all want respect. So you can't. 
That's why I don't. I hate when people they they go out there and they and they 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 they're uh, bigots and they're they're prejudiced and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they turn around and go, "Well, we won't respect." Well, you don't respect anybody, so it just makes mm-hmm. it like crazy. All right, so we're wrapping up. Last thing, here yeah, we go. We talked about so much, Petey. Yo, you came. <laughs> as, uh, you you were a writer, or you you is mm-hmm. a show coming back, Robin Thede? I have no But who clue. who cares? Here's the thing. <laughs> he, my boy was writing on the Robin Thede, the rundown with Robin Thede last Robin year. Thede. Robin Thede. Robin Thede. Okay, mm-hmm. shout out to Robin Thede. Yeah. You were writing on there. How did it feel, man, from coming from the coffee bean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so how did it come all the way from the coffee bean to a writer's <sighs> job, man? How did that feel, man? And, and like, tell them what the process was because people think it's overnight. People, It's definitely not. Talk about it. Six years. Petey, you gave me my first bringer show. You were like, come through, come through and do this show down the street, homie. Keep that come, under wraps. Keep come that under wraps. <laughs> yeah, we was doing bringers. We was doing bringers. I mean, you know, everybody yeah, come, come from that, you know, that, that basement bringer bullshit yeah, that we have. You know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's, 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 it's all a part of the process, you know? So, uh, I was somebody that definitely did not know. First, I didn't know how you became a comedian. First, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how, to, how you even start this thing that I want to do. So, I definitely didn't know that being a comedian could then turn into writing on a TV show. I had no idea about any of that shit. So the uh, it feels good to look back on because, like, I don't know, man. Coffee Bean, working in that environment just down the street from uh, from the cellar and all that shit, like, Coffee Bean was one of those situations where that was my first experience with just, like, who who was in New York, who, mm-hmm. you know, you were there. And then you would see people like style, uh, Beyonce stylists would come up in there and get coffee. Right. Like fucking, you know, I, I saw it from from literally all levels, like homeless people to like rich assholes, you know, shit like that. Right. So I think if anything, it was my very first, and it was the perfect way to kind of like, I, I always think back, it was like for that to be my first job that I ever took in New York City for it to be to kind of live in the same world as as comedy like that because mm-hmm. that's like a hub for where yeah. you know you see guys outside the grizzly pair you know hustling to get spots and trying to get people bark people in and stuff like that so I'm like I, that was my first time ever taking in that environment so if anything it made me more aware of like meeting new people because you know Michigan was a place where I was definitely you know and I recognize it in the people that are still there my family and friends where they live in the comfort zone a lot of them don't really care to meet new cultures and new people and if they are they meeting them at work and they're going back to their little black box you know which is their home you know whatever so i think for new york it kind of it, it, it helped me it helped expand my worldview which then i was able to take that and apply it to my writing and writing about myself and being more honest you know uh, those experiences mixed in all the people that I met at that job and meeting, meeting it down the line of more day jobs that I would get, you know, as I would like try to figure out New York and figure out the process, becoming a writer, I'm appreciative of the opportunities that I get now because, you know, I definitely knew the situations like, like my situation when I got here was not, I had moved here with not a lot of money. I, I tried to be as good with saving money as possible. I had to sleep on some friends' couches until this, you know, let me sleep on your couch until this apartment comes through because, you know, I'm waiting on them. You know, I've lost apartments. You know, I've, I've moved into places that I've then had to f- emergency move out of because of some weird uh, uh, landlord situation. I had a landlord that tried to get me to suck his dick. <laughs> Not in exchange for rent either. Like, he was literally just saying, like, oh, yo, if shit. I want you to come up to the property down the street where I live at, you gonna do that shit? And I'm like, what? Did you do it? No. Okay. 
But he was tra- he would always try to get me to do it. And I'm like, Yo. what do you think this is? So I was experiencing a lot of like, you know, different people. So all these ex- all of those experiences, I think everything leads up to something else, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I just put myself in the, uh, around, uh, kept myself around the right people. Some people not too, not so nice, but right. you know, people like you. I just there are always these different people that provide something to my life and what I think, you know, how the human experience is in mm-hmm. a way. If that makes any sense, you know, that makes total sense. Yeah, so I, I think, I think. I'm just able to appreciate every little thing that I get, whether it's a show, whether it's writing on a show, whether it's doing stand-up. And I feel very happy that I'm able to do the kind of things that I get to do, especially being, like, I hate being like, as a, as a gay black man, it's just so fucking corny to me. Yo, can I say real quick before we get out of here, that's <laughs> yeah. one of the most illish shits, too. I think that why what made me your friend and what made you my friend, from my perspective, was I knew you was gay, but you never, you never, you was just always just you. You you never had to like. I don't like leading with that. But I don't like being like I'm the no, gay black dude. No, but you know what? I'm not like, gonna whatever. I'm not gonna downplay those. I'm not gonna <laughs> right, downplay those types people that do it, and that's fine. Yeah. But I think for me, one of the one of the most comforting things was that, and even in your comedy, you just like you talked about it in a way that it wasn't. It just felt more honest. It felt natural. And, like, as you are as a person, it feels honest. It doesn't feel like... I always like, wanted to feel like you're, I'm just talking, talking to people. Yeah, you know what I mean? You don't, stage, yeah, you're you know, not like... Having a conversation. You're not like the first thing, two words, I'm gay. It's like, no, you're like, yo, what's up? What's like, up? It's just, what's, what's good? What you up to? Oh, where? Uh, That's always my vibe, yeah. man. And I'm still to this day trying to figure out my... my my personality yeah, on stage. Is it, is it elevated more? You know, it's, it's always changing every year right. or whatever. But, you know, I always do want to come from a place of just, like, everybody have a good time. I want to feel like I'm talking to friends. Mm-hmm. You know, because being comedy, moving to New York and becoming a comedian, I feel like I'm the most I've ever, the most myself I've ever been in my same, life. Same, same, same. You know, because I spent a great deal of time in my life not being myself and right. not being myself out of fear me too, that me people too. would not like me that people would would leave me because mm-hmm. if i just exposed myself and been honest then it, but you know now people i'm in a position where i'm myself and people love me because right of it. right right and i give that back to them that's the know? best part but yeah. all right so yo where can we find you on uh social media where can we check you out um all things uh at handle related so twitter and instagram is alex english but the e in english is a three Okay, so it's that three English, yeah. And I'm Alex English on uh, Facebook. And what you got coming up? Anything you want us to know about? This is coming out on Monday. Coming out on Monday, so yeah, the Jonathan thing won't be happening after that. Uh, I don't know. Just go, like, just follow him, yo. He's he's on Better Days every other week. I'm always (laughs) hanging out at Better Days just because you found the fucking sexiest spot. We sexy, yeah. Oh, but you know what's so funny is that I am gonna get back into the. Show weekly show. I'm gonna get back into the game okay. of hosting the show because you you really did inspire me. Like you, I don't. Every time I'm I'm never saying no to a single show. PD asking me to do barbecue. Oh, you, was at you, know a barbecue. Can, you know what I can say? You know what I can say? You, you had me at a barbecue the other day. I was like, what is this? Mad it was so cool though. Like I always, I think Shout at this point, you have for, for sure. Like you have. Created a, a reputation for yourself where if PD has a show, you know you if you not only you at least go hang out or check it out. Like if I ain't got shit to do, hell yeah, I'ma pop through. You know, pop through, say what's up to the boys at the Better Day spot. 
say what's up to Makala, you know, like hang out, have a drink. I don't give a fuck if I'm on or not. Like I'm just, you know, I, some people get into the politics of that. Be like, are oh, you always out? You always. Nah, out we family show. though. Like, yeah, I've been fucking with people since day one. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna come understand. to the show. They don't also, understand. I'm a uh, Better Days alumni. Oh, you were on the all. first one ever. I no, was on tsunami. the first one. I've been on the most. I think yeah, uh, yeah, also. I think like four, so three, I like, four times. Yeah, I like my record that I hold. So I'm, I am a fixture in Better Days. Yes, yes, Let it be known. But yeah, so oh, but what I can say is that I'm on the white. I'm on white chocolate. Oh yeah, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with me? Yeah, ask you if I got to promote. Like July seventh, yeah, <laughs> man, come to fucking white chocolate. white chocolate. Union Hall, ten p.m. The mm. show is lit. We got Alex English. We got Damian Lemon. Mm. We got Shashir Zamata. We got Rob Control. We got Sean Patton. It's gonna be uh. off the chain. Um, yo, when you sent me that text, I was like, "What's this line?" When you sent me the lineup, I was like. Oh, we lit. Okay. We lit. All right. Yo, we got to get out of here. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed. Keep Make listening sure to Petey. And subscribe, comment, review, and all of that. Uh, find us at acast.com forward slash hope of the hood, Apple Podcasts, and we out. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.